Then we have people that maybe live in Manhattan that make $900,000 a year running some big company that don't have the time or resources to eat healthy food. I just look at that priority as com completely wrong. When I think about like health, longevity, not just performance, and they're not mutually exclusive, like you can do both, right? But um, how can you really optimize for longevity? I look at inertia as like the key to everything in life. And it's like, you start to crave it and then you do it. And now, now you start to automatically take that second to reflect after and meditate and, and just bask in the, the beauty of whatever you just did. All 8 billion of us are doing metabolism at all times. This show is about learning what metabolism is, how it affects you in every way possible, from mood and mental state to performance and energy. We are all about fine-tuning the human experience for you to achieve the best self you can be. And if you are someone who loves science, curious to know how your body works and how to optimize it, then you are in the right place. This is the HVMN Podcast. In this episode, we have Sean Greenspan, who is focused on happiness, health, and wealth. He is the author of the Happiness Discipline blog, an ultra athlete, and the owner of Greenspan Consulting, where he works with fitness and wellness brand creators to spread their mission. In this episode, we talked about what we learned in 2023 with regards to health and fitness content creation on social media, what you should be looking out for, and what you should actually filter importance of mentality as much as physical energy when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. And today we have Sean Greenspan on HVMN Podcast. Thank you very much for coming up to this podcast. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Lat. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Uh, so for, you know, for all transparency and disclosure, Sean and I have been working very closely in the past, what, nine months now, I think. Uh, nine months on growing my brand, growing my social media, really putting, you know, um, our podcast onto the mat. And today's episode is going to be a very special episode because we're going to talk about obviously Sean and his background and his take on health and fitness. But we are also going to talk about science communication. How does one be a science communicator on social media? What should you be looking for? as an audience and what actually works in trends because sometimes we don't realize as we consume so much social media that what is on trend does not necessarily mean that it's the most educational or informative you know crazy right but it is what's most entertaining that becoming trending rather than what's more enlightening to become trending trending so before before we go into that Let's introduce yourself, uh, Sean, to the audience and let that know uh, who you are. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Latin. You bring up such an interesting point. I was reading an article about the age of abundance, right? And how now um, a lot a lot of resources, but information is one where we have an abundance. And instead of seeking information, we need to focus more on how to decipher information. So something we can certainly jump into. But um, just to give everyone a little... Uh, a little introduction about myself. Um, my name's Sean. Um, as a person, I am focused on being as happy and healthy and energetic as I can moment to moment. Um, a big piece of that for me is fitness. Um, I like to combine fitness with time outdoors. So I got into, uh, I guess, technically I'm an ultra runner, but in, 
in uh, reality, I just like to spend time in the mountains. I think it's great for the, the soul. And um, professionally, I run Greenspan Consulting. So as Lat said, I've worked with uh, him and HVMN for almost a year now, um, which has been an awesome ride. And, uh, you know, helping creators and brands grow their presence. And um, I will say that throughout the time, one of the things I've been most pleased about working with you is seeing how you take your learnings and actually apply them. You know, I mean, for again, uh, just full disclosure, I'm trying to get Lat to come visit me next week. And he goes, hey, Sean, as much as I'd love to, I'm on a great nutrition routine. I'm on a great workout routine. I'm on a great sleep routine. I don't think that's the best thing for me. And I was like, Lat, that's the best answer you could have given me. Like, I was so excited to hear that. So I got to congratulate you, Lat. <laughs> you know, um, being a student for so long, you know, having done my master's, my PhD, I always tell people I'm just a professional student. So I think that has a great in me, like to be forever learning. I think the moment you stop learning, the moment you think you know it all, it's the moment that life just becomes bland. Um, right now, you know, 2024, I'm sure a lot of people can relate as well. You know, new year, new year, new resolution, people want to get fit. And I have been working on myself on my fitness in the past like six months or so uh, with trainer and all that and balance nutrition. Yesterday, I had a call with uh, Comitech Physician Center with Dr. Florence Comitech, who was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, who runs this physician medicine center, look at um, genetic biomarkers, blood biomarkers, and looking at what the uh, tailored and personalized uh, method would be for their clients to optimize their health. So very interesting insights. We can talk about that as well. But I think, you know, it's it's very important because we can do so many things in one day and in one week and in one month, right? We can choose to do so many things. But a lot of people, like you said, it's the abundance and people get overwhelmed and people don't know how to prioritize. And as a result, everything is half-assed and they don't get to where they want to be and they get, they get frustrated, depressed and whatnot. I think this is a big part of, of life as well, is to be able to view what your priorities are clearly and action and execute upon them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so understanding priorities is the first thing, right? I mean, a, a lot of people have these, uh, a lot of people start diets, start workout programs without a clear goal. That's one of the reasons I like signing up for fitness competitions or races, just to have like a target. Um, and you know, I'm actually, I try to remain emotionally detached from the outcome, um, while, you know, while, while like we're working hard for it, but if you're not going to enjoy the process, right, if you sign up for a race, that's one day, the hundred miler I did last year, I trained for 18 months. If I don't enjoy the, the process, there's no point of, you know, showing up on, you know, on race day there. Something else that I think, um, is really interesting that you talked about was, uh, the the abundance thing right that we talked about so uh i have i have some people that that talk to me they're trying to you know enhance their physique and like hey sean what supplements do you take right and that to me is like a quick indicator that they don't know how to filter information if i look at a pyramid of health right the bottom right is the big three sleep nutrition and and movement and i don't mean i don't mean you know what's your strength training program i mean like do you move throughout the day do you are you in bed for eight and a half or more hours um hopefully sleeping most of them 
And, you know, do you drink water and just, you know, eat the rainbow, get your macronutrients, the basic stuff, the pyramid, you know, we have to have a good foundation. Supplements are like at the top. It's like, you know, people are worried about like their, 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 how much creatine they should be taking. I'm like, you are just not focused on, you know, the right thing at all. And, um, it, it goes to show you how, like, there's so much information out there that I think people need to really feel confident in that foundation before trying to to build upon that. And to me, that's really important. So I, I thought of an interesting question. I know that you work with a lot of these fitness um, influencers and, and uh, people who make content, content creators. Uh, what is the top most, uh, the top problem that most of these people struggle as a, a fitness uh, uh, influencer? We could be with regards to fitness itself, and it could be with regards to creating content itself. So, so you get you get you know categorize them separately. Yeah, yeah. So, um, with with fitness, um, I I think it's going to be balance, and the balance I'm referring to is balancing um, being you know strict on your nutrition plan, your sleep, your your workout program, and being a human, right? You know, um, around the holidays. I was at my girlfriend's house and her family cooked a beautiful meal. It wasn't what I wanted to eat nutritionally, right? But, you know, I'm in someone else's house, they're cooking a meal for me. And if I ate it with them, I could sit around the table and have a nice family meal, right? To me, that is more important than me hitting my exact macro breakdown for that day. and. That's going to take a little bit of intuition and being honest with, you know, with yourself, because now if you start, you know, it's the 80, 20 rule, you start doing that all the time. Now you're just deprioritizing your health, but you do need to play that 80, 20 rule. 80% of the time I'm healthy and, you know, eating exactly what I want. And also it wasn't a horribly unhealthy meal by any standards. Um, and, you know, there's a nice spread on the table. You can pick and choose, you know, what you want. Um, but that balance is a, is a big thing, right? Um, and, and, you know, on the creator side that you were talking about it, the big thing that I'm seeing is people, again, it goes back to abundance. They want to share everything. And something that you've done really well at is kind of like niche down on certain areas for you. It's what you got your PhD on, right? Um, and, you know, don't be scared to like, not talk about everything, right? I, I believe that people need to win going narrow and deep and then they can expand, right? Um, I actually have a friend who had a, has a huge uh, presence online and he just only posted about running for a long time. And it's funny. Is it Matt? He's, yeah, right? And Matt's not a runner. Or now he's a runner. At the time, he wasn't like, you know, he was an athlete. Actually, I would still call him an athlete. Like, we, we talked on the phone last night. He played basketball, right? Like he lifts weights, but he was like, Hey, I'm just going to go so deep into running, build a community around running, teach people about marathon training, you know, diet, all that stuff. And now you build this following because if you're just a health person, you're competing with a million health people. But if you're like a runner, you're only competing with runners. And the, the more niche you can go, the less competition they have, right? So Something that's interesting, um, I think I like Joe Rogan as an example of this. There's no one on the planet that can be a better Joe Rogan than Joe Rogan, right? Now, he is definitely not the 
world leader of, you know, fitness advice, but I bet if he started like, you know, a fitness training program, he'd sell 200,000 subscriptions, right? Because he's just gone so, you know, niche on, you know, um, himself. And that is really the way to separate yourself is don't be scared to commit to something. Um, and then you, and then go wide after. Yeah. Uh, I think that sort of works with life as well. In general, like we were talking about prioritization, right? It's about getting something that has the best bang for your best buck for your uh, best back for your bucks or get the best ROI off of your time investment, your effort investment and all that. Um, and then get results from that. And then, um, another question I have is actually around, um, nutrition, right? Cause obviously exercise, you know, you've, you've been a very active person. I know that, uh, you go outdoors and all, but and you travel a lot. How do you maintain that nutrition pattern? Uh, or, you know, or are you that type who says, do as I say, not as I do? <laughs> um, I'm actually proud to say that I, I eat well. So um, I, I think I do that. It, of course, there are other challenges that pose themselves, um, you know, as you're traveling or, you know, like I mentioned before, around other people. Um, Let's talk, let's talk first about just like the, the traveling aspect. Cause I think that's where a lot of people, um, get lost. Actually, wh what I want to talk about is convenience. I want that that's more important. And I think we need to recondition ourselves as, as humans to understand if can the, the value of convenience, because we're overvaluing it. And now here's like a little story. One of the happiest and healthiest people I know is my friend, Scott McDonald. Okay. He lives in upstate New York. He has a small farm. He has a well, gets natural spring water, right? And before he had that, he would on Saturdays and Sundays drive around to local farms to get his eggs, his red meat, his local vegetables, um, all from regenerative organic farms. He'd take two, three, five gallon jugs to a spring, fill it up. And it would take him maybe three hours on a Saturday or Sunday, maybe four hours. Then we have people that um, maybe live in Manhattan that make, and, and Scott, you know, I, I have no idea. He was making a very modest income, right? Then we have people that maybe live in Manhattan that make $900,000 a year running some big company that don't have the time or resources to eat healthy food, right? And I'm like, you know, I just look at that priority as com completely wrong, right? Um, and it's because we're overvaluing convenience versus like what we put in our body. Um, which is really, really backwards. You know, if you think about it, you know, there's a big trend now of people wanting to start their own, you know, small farms or, you know, everyone's shopping at like farmer's markets. Like we know we need to be closer to the food that we eat. Um, and, and yet we're not taking those actions. So the biggest thing that I've done in the last year was just understand that, Hey, the process of going to a farm and like, you know, meeting the local farmer, like that's, that's a fun social activity, you know, go with friends that also are on this health journey with you or, you know, whatever that next step is for you. It, you know, doesn't have to be, you know, that, um, but really looking at your relationship with convenience is really important. And what are you doing with that, with that additional time that, that we're getting back? Um, we talked, we talked about travel. Um, for me, practicing, uh, selective fasting is important. 
So I don't fast daily, I guess in traditional sense. I try to cut off dinner early. I don't eat breakfast till after my workout. So maybe 14, 16 hours a day. Um, sometimes it's 12, sometimes it's less. You know, I don't really um, measure. I try to really go off intuitive if I'm hungry. But it's important to understand in my, my point of view is like, like appetite control. Um, so for example, I, we had a day recently, we ate breakfast and we drove in the car to Jacksonville. Uh, we stopped and, you know, got food. We're in the airport landed. Then I had to drive to my family's houses over the holidays. I just decided after breakfast, I wasn't going to eat. I did a 24 hour impromptu fast till the next day. I felt great energy, but I'm not going to fill myself with bad food. Um, just because it's, it's convenient. Right. And then, you know, everything, you know, there are tremendous health uh, benefits to a fast. It's also fun discipline practice, but you know, every decision we make has a, has, um, you know, a, a, an effect to it, like the other side, right. And the other side is you obviously can't fast every day. You'll be, you'll, you won't have, you know, much, enough calories, nutrition in you. So I overcompensate for the, so for the next three days, I tried to just eat an additional meal every day, really just focusing on protein. Um, yeah. because I think, I mean, proteins, proteins king. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think overall, instead of seeing like daily macros, if you're fasting, you know, at least once a week kind of thing, um, you can look at it from a weekly point of view as well. It's like overall, are you getting the micronutrient that you need in order to recover well and rest well and work out well. Now on the topic of fasting. What's very interesting is I, I want to share with the audience is that fasting does produce uh, an insulin resistance response transient when you break fast. So let's say you fast for 16 hours, you break your fast the next day. Uh, during that time, if you have carbs, uh, your body actually is slightly insulin resistant to it uh, and you need it more uh, insulin to take up those, those sugar. Um, I think it's sort of a, a defense mechanism to to make sure that, you know, uh, the body knows that, okay, you're not going through family and whatnot. So this is interesting because yesterday when we went through my blood biomarkers, we, I did an oral glucose tolerance test. And for those of you who don't know what that is, essentially I've been given a, a bottle of sugary drink that contains about 75 grams of sugar. I drink it, and every half an hour to an hour, uh, I'll get I'll get my blood taken, and they'll measure my blood glucose, and they'll measure my uh, blood insulin, and they want to look at what my blood glucose levels are over time, as well as my insulin, hence why glucose tolerance test. How well can your body tolerate glucose? So two things, right? Glucose and insulin. When you take in glucose, insulin will shoot up because insulin is responsible to set signal to your cells to take up the glucose that just entered your body. What I've seen in my blood test result is that surprisingly, my blood sugar did not go over 100. Most people that took a 75 gram of pure sugar, their blood sugar will go beyond. Mine just went up to 99 maximum, which is, you know, arguably great, right? Because you know, I don't have that sugar spike. My body knows how to regulate my blood sugar so that I don't get the sugar spike. The problem is when the insulin. We looked at the insulin levels and my insulin was very high. And even at 99, the next reading, an hour later, 
my insulin still went up a little bit and my sugar already dropped to like 75. And then thereafter, the following two hours, my insulin did drop back down to baseline. However, I was already on hypoglycemia around 50, uh, uh, 50 points. So that tells me that my body is so um, resistant to carbs um, and so fasting and so used to calorie restriction that whenever I get substrates like carbs, the first thing that my body does is to crank up the insulin and shove everything into anabolic state, which is building state uh, in metabolism and shove it into storage. So be careful when you are fasting long-term to, to make sure that your body does not go into that gear. I, right now, I'm trying to fix it by not fasting, by actually having breakfast, by having more carbs in my diet, just so that my body is used to carbs again and I'm able to build muscle, but also to use fat. The, the problem that I have been facing is because of this anabolic reaction that I do build muscle easily, that I have high muscle mass, but it also shelves the rest into fat storage. So I have high body fat as well. So the ideal situation like all of us want to achieve is obviously being able to build lean muscle easily, but also being able to use the body fat uh, to reduce the body fat. That also reduces risk of other chronic diseases such as diabetes and inflammation, cardiovascular disease and all of that. So uh, the, the moral of the story is if you're fasting, especially if you're fasting every day, like I did every day, 16 hours, you know, if not like 24 hours uh, for three years, um, get your glucose and your insulin levels checked, your fasted insulin, and, and look at the reaction of how you um, react to certain foods. But most importantly, tie that back into your goals. If your goal is still to lose weight, that, that if that's working for you, fine, you know, just go through it. But if your goal is to build more muscle and lose fat and all that, so work with somebody who knows your body and knows your goal at those the different methods that you can employ in order to reach your goals. So that's uh, that, that's super um, interesting, and you know, uh, can, well, first, can that be measured with a continuous glucose monitor? Uh, for glucose, yes, but not for insulin. So, so that's a, that's the problem, right? Because I've always known my 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 glucose levels. I've I've done continuous glucose monitoring. I've done uh, the blood strips. Uh, when I measure my ketone levels and whatnot, that's fine. Like, if I just look at my glucose level, I'll be, I'll say like, uh, my my glucose is perfectly within the healthy zone. But the problem was the insulin, and insulin plays a big role in both uh, building muscle as well as storing as fat. So I I think this this dog now starting to unravel. And this is great because I can use myself as an experiment. And uh, I've also applied what I know and I've learned in metabolism and tried to solve this mystery, uh, this personalized problem. It's th that's that's what I really do admire of you, lad, is that you're taking this to practice. And I know it's not I know it's not easy because it's not something you've done your whole life. So um, that's really that's really cool. Um, I just read Outlive by Peter Atia, and you know it, it was it was interesting because 
you know, he, he talked about time restricted eating, right. You know, fasting. And, um, he brings up, there's like a theme he brings up in the book. And it's kind of what I was talking about earlier that everything has like a counter side to it. So time restricted eating, the biggest benefit that people see is caloric restriction, right? It's very, very simple. You know, if you're only eating two hours a day, it's pretty hard to, to get, eat enough calories. The downside, right. Is most people don't get enough protein. Um, and then other things, right. That, uh, you know, people are, are working on it. That's something um, that I don't know. I, I've always just, we talked about this a lot. You're, you're, you're the scientist. I'm the bro scientist. I just go by a gut feel. And like, I've tried intermittent fasting a lot. Um, and it just, it, for me personally, I just felt that kind of like what you were saying, which tell me if this is on the same wavelength, when I would eat after to break my fast, my energy levels dipped severely. Like from, yeah. yeah. So, so that's a great point. So remember what I said about my blood um, when I did the OTT is that after two hours, my insulin still went up and then my glucose dropped to hypoglycemia. That's when someone feel that drop of energy, that dip in energy, that crash. It's because you go into hypoglycemia because your insulin overcompensate, um, take in all the glucose, even after the glucose is already at, you know, very low level and it, it sort of had a delayed reaction. So that's usually when people feel that dip. Yeah. And, and, um, I had a feeling it, it was something to, to do with that, but, you know, I didn't know the, you know, I didn't know all the, the technical terms, but that's interesting. That's something I, I really want to look into. Um, and talking about, talking about energy, um, and you also talked about like chronic diseases, right? Um, when I think about like health, that that's also been a big change over the last like five years. Um, I would say is longevity, not just performance, and they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can do both, right? But um, how can you really optimize for longevity um, and health span, right? So to be healthier longer, and then um, energy. Energy is something that I never hear people talking about with health. Like, how can you create, like, so, so I look at energy, I look at, this is like getting a little philosophic, but I, I look at um, the whole world as there's three resources, time, money, and energy, and money can be commodities as well, right? And, you know, everyone talks about that times, you know, the most important, everyone talks about money because everyone focuses on money, pretends most important. But I, energy to me in the body is the way that we literally experience the world. If I'm low energy, this interview at is something I'm dreading and I'm just waiting for it to end. If you're high energy, it's like, wow, I have a chance to, you know, to connect with a PhD and like, you know, ask questions and he's going to ask me questions. Like it becomes this like fun experience, right? Um, and being around family around the holidays, it's always top of mind for me because I see how many decisions are being made because energy is low. And it's like not wanting to do things that really, like if we boil down to it, just I don't have the energy for that, right? Um, and if you think about it, like sleeping well, eating well, you know, exercise, in my opinion, the goal is to like increase your energy, you experience life better, you have more fun and, um, you know, then you get the, the snowball effect in a positive manner. That momentum carries you towards, you know, wanting to eat healthier and wanting to exercise more. Um, so 
I know everyone wants to get caught up in like the physical thing, but I feel like if you're focusing on the right things, like the longevity and, you know, in my opinion, energy, like the physical outcomes will manifest. They almost have to. So a couple of comments on that. Um, in terms of energy, I think a lot of people, they don't, like, I understand what you said, but I think a lot of people, they relate energy with, say, like, caffeine. You know, they, 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 you get energy because most people, myself included, you don't know when you have extra energy or when you don't have energy because you are so, you go through, you know, life every day. You, you are so used to your body. It's like, it's like when you do a fitness program, you don't see the program. You only see the progress when you see before and after picture. But if you just look at yourself in the mirror, because you look at yourself every day, it's very hard to notice the difference. Same thing with energy levels, right? Because you are going through it every day. Those small changes um, may or may not be noticeable for some people, especially if you're busy and you don't really like, you know, take your time and meditate or like really go inside yourself and, and feel how you feel um, around you, around the world. It, it's, it's very difficult. So like yesterday, the doctor asked me, do you normally feel a dip in energy or like, you know, when you, after you, I was like, no, normally I don't. Even though my blood sugar shows me that I should, but maybe because I'm so used to it chronically that I don't, I don't feel it anymore. Um, so that's, that's one thing, right? It, it's a subjective feeling. Uh, and then another point about energy, you pointed out something that you just did subconsciously is the mentality. It's a psychological factor because you said, if you are here on a podcast talking to PhD, you are excited. Head that gives you energy. It works both ways, right? You have energy to go into the podcast, but you thinking of the excitement being on the podcast also gives you energy. So I think a lot of it comes through. Yes, you need the physical. If talking, if we're talking about cellular level, we're talking about you the physical substrate to enter your mitochondria, powerhouse of itself, creates ATP, creates the energy so that your brain is active. Your, your muscles are active to go for a workout. That's a physical energy. And then you have the mental energy would, uh, where your view, where your perspective plays a big role in manifesting that mental energy. Something that you look forward to. I think something that you talk, we talked about right before we press record is that if you are stressing out about what that should be driving your passion then you should be worried that you you'll be doing something wrong so if you're passionate about something it should come naturally and easily for you even though it's something that is say physically demanding so you know both the the mental side of things as well as being physically uh energetic would be very important I get to interview all these doctors, scientists, and cool people in this health and fitness industry, all made possible because of this podcast that is funded by the company I work for, which is Health Via Modern Nutrition or HVMN. And it is not that they pay me to do this, but I genuinely love and believe in the product Ketone IQ. I use it every day before my podcast, before my workout, or even after my workout for recovery. There hasn't been a single supplement that can give me such a drastic change in subjective feel within minutes 
as much as Ketone IQ has. For those of you who do not know me, I'm from Malaysia, I got my PhD from the UK, and my passion is in science and chronic diseases. And I believe it is all about transparency, scientific integrity, and about sharing with everyone so that everyone can benefit from it. And if you like this content and our work, please do support us by liking, leaving a review, or sharing with your friends and families, or even buying a shot of Ketone IQ at any Sprouts nationwide in the US, and the first shot is on us. Just scan the QR code and you'll get your money back for your first shot. You can also use the code HVMNPOD20, that is H-V-M-N-P-O-D 20, and get 20% off your first purchase at the HVMN website. Um, th thanks for bringing this up because uh, I, I would say that your perspective, you know, the, 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 the mental side of it outweighs the physical side of it 10 to 1, if not 100 to 1. I've proven this to myself on my, my hundred mile ultra marathon, like as corny as it is, you know, Jesse, Jesse Itzler has this funny story where, um, uh, he, he basically hires this Navy seal to teach him how to get past mile 38. Cause he keeps getting stuck. And he says, every mile you need to say something you're grateful for. And every time I ask you how you feel, you have to say, I feel outstanding, right? say it like you mean it right and it's funny because that behavior you you almost have to think it for a second to say it like that it's going like i feel i feel good like that's not what we're talking about we're talking about like a conscious intention like i feel outstanding right those dorky things that uh you know people are like oh that's just like woo, it's like well cool it was mile 80 i was by myself in the woods and i was exhausted lat and i was like okay well this is the time to try it if there's ever a time to it. And I can't tell you like how good it felt. Like I'd come into an aid station. They'd be like, number 276, how do you feel? I'd be like, I feel outstanding. And I just want to thank you so much for volunteering, right? And this is on mile 89. It's like raining and 34 degrees. And I can't tell you saying that, like even now saying it makes me feel good. Like I feel, you know, the, the energy rise in my body. Um, and that is something that I think we need to play on more. And um, I actually, I had the pleasure of working with Dan Ariely. He's a behavioral scientist at a Duke university um, for three years on habit development. And one of the biggest elements to habit development that he talks about is that when you complete a, um, a behavior that you want to choose, meditate on that, which that doesn't need to be some big formal process. It just means, hey, take five seconds breathe in and think about how awesome that makes you feel like if you if your goal is to do more of these podcasts you know you have to show up and bring good energy let afterwards before you hop on your meeting take 20 seconds close your eyes and just think about like how good that felt right um if you exercise hard maybe if you feel bad just tell yourself well that is going to make me live longer healthier build more muscle it's good for my heart it's good for my attitude and what's to, and, and start to really feel it right and what I've noticed starts to happen is you crave it. You start to crave it because everyone wants to feel good. Um, and that's where you get this, again, this positive snowball. I mean, I, I look at inertia as like the key to everything in life. And it's like you start to crave it and then you do it. And now, now you start to automatically take that second to reflect after and meditate uh, and, and just 
bask in the the beauty of whatever you just did and then you're going to you know crave it more and as long as you're constantly um taking time to kind of reflect on it um you know and say like oh like I, like yep exercising still something i want to do um then you just you, you get into these like awesome you know uh positive you know <laughs> i don't know positive momentum right and, and and this has been proven to work because guess what a lot of people are making millions of dollars from corporate training and team building because they employ this sort of uh, ideology. Essentially, uh, they'll, they'll create a problem, a common problem, so that people band together. And then they'll you know make that solve that problem so that you have that dopamine, that uh, positive uh, feedback, and then let you have more self-confidence, self-esteem, and feel good that you solve this problem, feel good about yourself, and therefore be able to push your productivity further. But they just do it in a way that's packaged in you know, capitalism in, in a more corporate way uh, that doesn't sound corny. So it, it really depends on how you look at it. You know, you can say, you know, as simple as, as what Sean just said, you know, I feel outstanding and 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 bet mean it and, and feel good about yourself. Or you can do it your way. Well, however however uh, it fits your lifestyle, your way of speaking and, and your goals. I think that's very important, just self-reassurance and um, positivity and gratitude, um, which, which we talk a lot about, you know, on, on this podcast, as you know, Sean. Um, you know, uh, sometimes we just too caught up uh, in chasing and chasing and chasing and forget to stop, I think. Yeah. And and what's, what's cool is... <laughs> I, I wrote a blog about this towards the end of last year. I said, I think I found the best use of my time. And it's and it's manifesting like what you want, you know, and that's, again, I, I like, you know, these, these terms get thrown around. To me, that's writing down your goal for the year, writing down, you know, your goal for the day, a dream that you want to accomplish, could take there, or just think it in your head if you're driving in the car. Say it into your phone, use voice notes. I do that all the time. And then after you say it, just like, I try to like imagine that it already happened and just sit in that like emotional state. And you know, that that's a process that could take a few minutes. Um, I also recommend trying it, you know, if you can carve out 20, 30 minutes for it, it's really fun to just, you know, sit in that. And I started thinking, you know, like what's a better use of time than like, spending a couple minutes to dream my goal and then just feeling that gratitude and like playing it out in my head. It's like, it feels good. And you know, it, it, uh, it builds these, uh, neuro pathways, but, um, there's a way to practice this stuff, right? So like cold therapy is really popular right now. Um, I've been, I've been taking cold showers and ice baths for several, several years now. And, um, how long do you need for? cold shower or I all the time it's different like um cold shower I usually just play a song that's three minutes and um do that but you know lat here's like something that here's a good example uh of how I look at it right again this cold shower this is a chance in three minutes while you're showering to reset your nervous system train your stress response build new neurological pathways this is something we should be so eternally grateful for that we have no stress in our life because we live in 
America, right? And we have to manufacture real stress. We're not, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably having access to technology. You're um, hopefully not food insecure. You know, it's like we have to manufacture real stress, you know, to teach ourselves a stress response. It should be something we're so grateful for. Um, and, you know, like that's the emotional state. Like you want to be like stoked about your cold shower. So my, my thing is I, I get in, uh, you know, and, and turn the water on. Yes, I'm weird like that. I get in first and then turn the water on because then you can't cheat. Um, but like when I'm, when I'm, you know, taking like a cold shower or an ice bath, a huge piece of it is enjoying it. Like literally saying out loud if you have to, if that's what you have to do to capture your own attention. Like, wow, like, you know, research, Google five health facts of cold therapy, right? Like, wow, like this is awesome way to condition my cardiovascular system, right? This is an awesome way to practice like a stress response. Like, man, that is cold, but I know it's good for me so I can calm down. You start to do that. And then you will take notice that when things get stressful, you become very, very composed and, you know, it's. And focused. Yeah. And, 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 and it, and it happens because we, I think a lot of people live in this like material world and I don't mean material like shirts and hats. I mean, material like physical, like, you know, okay, if I'm building a habit, it's like, what am I going to do? We, we have mental habits too. Like, I know if I say something to, to my brother, I could trigger him to react a certain way to me. We can break those habits, you know, and like, you know, finding ways to do that is, is awesome. And that, that's kind of what we've been talking about this whole time. And that's how I see meditation. I see meditation as exercise for the, for the brain, as uh, exercise to uh, instill those mental habits that you just said, because I never ever realized that was it, right? Because, um, as a scientist, as a physiologist, I've been also focused on the physical side, on metabolism. Okay, why am I not feeling good today? What have I eaten? What have I done? Um, is there some hormonal imbalance? So those may very well be the causes of, of me not feeling well. But most importantly, um, the mental aspect was something that was neglected for the longest time until I started meditating and realizing the significance um, that it brought to my mental state it's just being able to be so conscious and alert as well as being um able to see myself from a third party point of view or like a bird's eye zoo where you are completely emotionally detached and able to make sound judgment where your your where the original lap would have made minus all the emotional baggage um, and then when you talked about manufacturing stress, I agree with you, but also disagree at the same time, because I think, especially in America, people live very short, people live in a very stressful environment because people are always chasing to become better. I mean, it's the whole system, right? Like everyone wants to get more money, wants to be better, wants to live better. Uh, some people are struggling, you know, I live in San Francisco, the you know, biggest a very big homeless uh, population. And I get people struggling and I'm grateful for what I have, right? Uh, and, and these stresses are also causing the rise of chronic disease. And, and that is a very good proof that, you know, as much as it is a privileged country, uh, you know, full abundance of foods, uh, also 
have a big population that is going through stress that you don't know how to manage it. If, if, I, I completely agree. If I could jump in, um, we have a lot of like chronic, like low level stress, which is like really harmful. Um, I, I guess what I was saying more was like, you know, you, you kick in your like, you're like, I might die response when you get in a cold bath. Again, that's kind of more I was talking about. Like, hopefully we're not living in like, I haven't eaten for six days because I can't find a meal. Exactly. Like that type of stress. Um, you know, you stress can be, you know, it is healthy for you if it's like dosed appropriately. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a good point. Stress is, I mean, I, I, I think people overlook stress entirely and that's where, uh, that's really where like the, the meditation comes into it. And it's funny. You said you look at meditation as exercise for the brain, um, which I agree with something that I was going to bring up earlier and you just uh, triggered me for was I look at exercise as meditation and here, here's my example. It's the, the, it's the exact same thing as going into an ice bath today. I was bench pressing, right? Going. And I hit a place where it got really, really hard. And my natural reaction, I did lose folks for a second, was just going to be to rack it, right? And then I was like, you know, take a breath, come into this moment, like, you know, like become aware, like you, you can do another one. So under a stress, under a, a stress input, it's, you know, just like an ice bath, calm, composed, um, positive outlook, right? And then action. That's, that's what's cool. And that's why I look at, I think, um, static meditation is super important, but I also think dynamic meditation is really important, which I look at as, um, strength training because it's like, now I need to like get to that same mindset and then execute and then execute another rep and push it like, you know, kind of as, as hard as I can and really come up against that edge. Um, so it's a fun thing to think about. And again, we were talking in the beginning about focus on the roots of the tree, not the fruits of the tree. Focus, like every time you go to the gym for 2024, focus on a meditation that you're going to push yourself mentally to the absolute limit every time. And whatever physique you want, you'll get. <laughs> if that's the input that you bring to the gym, it doesn't matter what program you're on, right? Any good trainer will tell you rate of perceived effort is how you're going to build muscle and create like adaptations in the body. And that, you know, that comes from here more than like, are you doing chest back trot? You know, like, <laughs> whatever your, your breakdown looks like. And consistency and adherence as well um, are the, the determining factor of whether or not a program or a diet would work. Absolutely. That's why, that's why you didn't come visit me because you're trying to stay consistent. <laughs> hey, I mean, got to do what you got to do right and and i know you understand so um let's switch gear for a little bit since you know we've grown my my brand as a science communicator as a research leader of hbmn as the podcast host of hbmn podcast from three thousand followers on instagram to 180 plus thousand followers now what have what have we learned so far right uh, uh we can share with the audience whether you are an aspiring you know content creator or just somebody who is consuming um social media around uh, 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 around science and health and fitness what have we learned i'll i'll, I'll go first i said uh, you know as i said at the early at the beginning of the podcast one really stark difference that uh what really stark uh point that i noticed was 
the wait, wait, the the um, shocking statements will always be trending, right? Those are the videos that do well. It's like something will kill you. Something, something will you know make you lose hundred million dollars. Um, those kind of statements is what's gonna trend and it got shared and all of that. But if you if I go with hey like let's learn about metabolism, like no one's gonna click on it. <laughs> no one's gonna gonna um, you know enjoy it or whatnot. So from a creator point of view is to still bring value and bring information and education, but in a way that I'm able to capture the audience attention within the first three seconds. I think that was one thing that I learned uh, that was very valuable when I create content. And as an audience is to learn how to filter those different types of videos. They're videos which are made and meant to grab your attention and be viral, but not necessarily true and not necessarily um, educational or helpful in any sort of way in achieving and helping you to achieve your goals. So uh, making sure that, you know, people are like, you can't eat anything anymore. Um, make a video of foods that we can eat. That's a, you know, whole foods, like food that you can see what it is. It's not processed food. It's, you know, vegetables, you get meat, you know, chicken or, or, or beef or whatever. I mean, just by saying that, I'm going to get vegans coming up again. Uh, so, yeah, what, what have you learned? <clears throat> From the consumer side, I think it's actually something we should have learned a long time ago. It's, it's where's the information coming from, right? So a lot of people don't realize it when they read blogs on, um, when they read blogs on what's the best, uh, food to eat, right. And, and someone writes a blog about how red meat's the healthiest thing ever for you. And then if you look at the website and you look at who owns the website and you look at other companies they own, they probably own, you know, a bill, a bunch of cattle farms, right? <laughs> um, so I think it's just important to understand that, you know, on social media, if someone's telling you something and all like all their links are to buy their stuff, um, you know, you just need to use your judgment and see, is it self-serving or is it truly valuable? Um, now you can do both. And I think it's awesome to do both. Make money, right? Capitalism. I think if you have something to, uh, I think if you have something to offer that solves problem, push it as hard as you possibly can. I think you're obligated to the world to push as hard as you can if you think you're truly solving these problems. Um, but uh, go focusing more on the create. That's on the consumer side. Focusing more on the creator side. Lat um, it, it, it falls into a category just like nutrition, just like exercise. Simple but not easy, right? And consistency, right? So. Um, I would say the three main things to focus on are unique, like ideas. Don't just regurgitate people's things. Like you're, you're doing research, learning things, and then sharing your unique perspective. People can't find a lot of your thoughts anywhere else. You've now eliminated all competition, right? That's huge. The next thing is value. This is the biggest one I see. Everyone's ego gets involved and they don't want to give value. No, they should pay and sign up for my course. Dude, there's a hundred thousand other people with your course. Like give value. And anyways, like 
let's say let's say you're like a coach a health coach and you have you know 10 main steps i would and that each step has like three things under it i would literally say do those 30 posts 30 days in a row still people will buy the package with the exact same information in it because people pay for implementation delivery cohesiveness like you know and then um and also like you have to earn it right so now kind of the marketing side's coming out of me you have a free platform that delivers unlimited content to an unlimited amount of people i guess a finite number of people how many people have instagram but that's everyone that has purchasing power we've never had such an easy path towards marketing it's so cheap and it's so easy and then people are saying why do i need to give things away why do i need to invest in high quality content well you have to invest somewhere otherwise everyone would just have these million dollar coaching businesses or huge podcast or whatever and you know it's like it's just a reframe it's a reframe that like it's never been easier to get in front of people make content all that stuff so like yeah we, you know the scale the scale tips on this side you know we're gonna have to put more on the other side and um you know i think that's that's super important to think about is just you know are is your thought unique are you giving value and the last one's consistency right and consistency doesn't mean doing the same thing it means doing the same thing and reflecting on it and if things don't change change right um my my life mentor says if you want um if you want to do something different, you have to do something different. <laughs> um, and I, I love that. You know, it's like Einstein, right? What, what, what did he say? Uh, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results, right? It's the same concept there. Like, so consistency doesn't mean just this isn't working, but I'm going to keep doing it. It means this isn't working. I'm going to try to iterate and iterate and iterate. Yeah. And a good point that you pointed out was ego. I think a lot of people, they are so caught up and so attached to their persona and their following that even when they are wrong or even when they are proven that it act that that what they're saying is inaccurate they don't have what it takes to come out and say hey uh, i may be wrong here's the updated uh, information um something that i really try hard to do because i try hard to detach myself as much as people are like, oh, you got so many followers now. I'm like, yeah, but if Instagram closes today, right? I'm still Latbot, so I'm still me, regardless of that, right? I'm grateful for the people who follow me. I'm grateful for people who support and, and get engaged in my in my posts. But ultimately, if I'm saying something wrong, or if I'm saying something in general and claiming something, uh, someone asks, hey, can you pr- can you prove this? Can you show the paper? And I made a different video just to reply to that. And say, hey, this is the paper that I got the numbers from. Um, check it out, whatnot, and let me know what you think. And then the other part is like, hey, you know, what you said may be uh, outdated. Look at this paper. I'll go back in and I'll make another video. Hey, this is an updated post. Uh, thank you for sharing for this this sort of resources. And this is what we know so far. I think that is very important. And that is the fundamental of science, right? Is trial and error, learn from the previous experiments. And then test your hypothesis. And a lot of people, they are like, okay, this is my brand. I'm not going to steer away from veganism. I'm not going to steer away from like carnivore. I'm not going to steer. That, I think that is what limiting them. But then again, they know that it works and the algorithm is pushing them. 
and it works for their purpose. But my purpose is to spread awareness and education and learn all of that myself while being on the journey as well. So, yeah, being on the journey as well, right? I think that that's a huge thing too. But I think that's an area that people can get like fooled by. You know, I know a lot, a lot of people that take a ton of testosterone replacement. So they look jacked and then talk about nutrition. And um, I actually know someone does that sell supplements. And I was, I encountered one of their supplements recently. And it's low, like the ingredient list is like this long. I don't know any words on there. I'm like, this is just not, it's not a health supplement. You know, just because it has protein and it doesn't mean it's a health supplement, even mean, you know, it's being sold like that. But, you know, um, yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. Have, have your guard up, you know, be aware. But I, I got to tell you, I just love um, the people really like yourself, Flat, that take, a, take like a high integrity approach to, to putting out content because um, – Social media is strong. It's, it's scary strong. It's powerful. And to get people off of social media is an uphill battle. What's not an uphill battle is to make 80, 90% of the content on there, stuff that creates love, abundance, health, wealth. And that is the mission of Greenspan Consulting, honestly, is like you, you went from touching 3,000 people to 180,000 people, right? Like, how can I do that? And just like, just spread like people that I really, you know, I try to vet, believe in, and, you know, we're part of this like bigger journey. Like imagine if social media was only authentic people that gave a shit about giving value to people and just wanting people to, you know, live better lives and have abundance that the effect that that would have on the world would be remarkable. Like if Instagram just banned anything that wasn't that or, and TikTok and, you know, Twitter and all that. I think, um, there, you know, there's, there's a lot of beauty to be had there. And, um, you know, one thing I want to say, uh, you know, just kind of as, you know, like a, a summary, I guess, is I do, I do think that that abundance is something that people need to consider, right? There, there's an, everything we've talked about to me comes back to that. There's an abundance of information. So that, that there's an abundance of convenience. So check yourself on that. Um, there's abundance on, on health hacks. Right. And in reality, like really like when, like, again, what's worked for me, this, or what I've come to after a lot of reflection is, you know, the, the basics, right? Like being um, high energy and being able to be present in whatever you're doing, that's a sign of health. Right. Um, you know, just understanding, move your body, eat a bunch of colors, eat things that your grandma would recognize, right? Like the, you know, that stuff, like really critically look at yourself, say, you know, say that like you can tell anyone with confidence, like, Hey, I, you know, I drink plenty of water. I eat, I eat my vegetables. Like I do this over 80% of the time before you think about like the, like the next, like the new program you have or the next supplement to spend $80 a month on. It's just, it's, it's like so, you know, overly complicated and just like that, that's something that, that I think, is like the main takeaway is practice your skill set of figuring out what's truly valuable and your skill set of saying no to some things, right? Like no supplement's going to change the game for you if you're not, you know, um, moving regularly, eating a variety of foods, you know, uh, 
taking care of your mental health. Like, you know, so I think it's so important to focus on the foundation. Yeah. Well said. I think that wraps up nicely, um, you know, this conversation. And for those who would like to learn more about you and find out about you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram um, at Sean Greenspan. And then also um, I have a podcast as well called The Happiness Discipline. Um, talks about uh, how to manufacture happiness. And, and why was I not, not on that? <laughs> You'll be on there soon. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, as been a nice conversation and a nice wrap up of, you know, what we've learned in 2000, 2023. Uh, moving forward, 24 strong. Yeah. Vlad, thank you so much for having me on. Um, you've been just a total inspiration the the time that we've worked together. Um, you know, we are kind of kidding when we had the idea for this podcast, like, you know, real science versus pro science. And um, I, I really, really appreciate your want to like, you know, deeply understand, um, you know, the root of everything for yourself at a primary level, right? Not secondary level. And something else is I've also worked with a lot of scientists and a lot of them also just completely neglect things that I would say, you know, I'm, I'm into this stuff, it's like things that I would say. And um, I, I don't mean about me personally, but I think you have a really good balance of like the hard science and like the psychological, philosophical app, you know, um, like application side of things. And, you know, I, that's why my goal is to help you spread your message as much as we can. Thank you very much for all support. And, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to, to us working more in uh, 24. Thanks a lot.